0: The Provoke Podcast, brought to you by Provoke Media and produced by the international broadcast specialist, Marketeers.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Provoke Media Podcast. I'm Maya Pavinska-Sims, the EMEA editor of Provoke, and I'm joined today by two brilliant guests from the agency and uh, brand side to talk about how brands can use the power of earned media to build consumer love and loyalty even in challenging times. First of all we have Kate Gibson who's Managing Director of Consumer at Circle and we have Jim Shearer the Marketing Director of one of Circle's clients Birdseye on the call as well. Kate, Jim, welcome to the podcast. Thank okay. you. Um, so tell me, um, I'll kick off with you Kate how long have Circle and Birdseye been working together and what for you really works about this relationship?
2: Uh, So we first pitched for the Birdseye business um, on consumer and B2B um, almost six years ago now and that was a very competitive pitch at the time and when we won the work there was probably quite a bit of of disillusionment internally at Birdseye about PR and media and what it could achieve I think they historically had their fingers burned. It wasn't quite worked out in the way that they had hoped. Um, And what's been really great about the journey is we've built up over a period of years, some really strong levels of confidence in the power of our media. And it plays a really central role in everything that we deliver um, on behalf of the marketing team there now. So we're really proud of the place we've got to. And I think the, the relationship is particularly strong because culturally, We're very similar as two businesses. Um, Our teams work really closely together and there's huge amounts of collaboration and trust and and transparency that goes with that as well. So we have a very open minded marketing team that we're working with that are think very consumer first. They're very insight led and they enable us to do our best creative work and and be really brave and bold in the in the campaigns that we put out.
1: Jim, uh, from the from the in-house point of view, would you agree with that? I would.
0: I would wholeheartedly. I've been with Birdseye now for just over a year, so can't speak to all the history. But, you know, my experience of of working with big, iconic brands like Birdseye, you know, one of the criticisms I'd have of agencies is that they often err on the side of caution uh, when it when it comes to their their responses and and particularly their creative responses. Um, That's not the case uh with circle and I, and I think of all of the agencies since I've come into the business they've been the one that have genuinely and consistently pushed us actually to be braver be bolder uh, in the work and the briefs um that that we've put forward and and I really appreciate that
1: fantastic so uh, jim in your in your year in the job what's the campaigns you've worked on together that so far that you're most proud of
0: yeah i think well i think mean, i'd pick one um I'm going to let Kate speak to um, everyone's favourite, which is which is the captain, because I like her to have the spotlight for the fantastic work <laughs> they 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 did there. But my personal favourite actually was something called the Green Paper um, for our Green Cuisine uh, brand uh, from from Birds Eye. Um, so just to give you a short summary of of what that was, that was a a piece of research into the the eating habits of children uh in an attempt to unearth some some new and interesting insights about the way they they think about food their approach to it um and um kind of delightfully what they think of the way their parents um treat them when it comes to to dinner times and the cho- choices that obviously their parents make on their behalf and i think it was really illuminating to see a different generation um a generation's approach to what they put in their bodies and their consciousness around eating well for themselves uh, and for the and for the planet as well and I, and i really like that because um it 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 was a small idea um to go that show genuine desire to go and have empathy with with our consumers but you know starting small and thinking big is is something I really believe in and and that piece of work got as big as delivering the the report to the government to to land we thought what we thought was some really important uh, important messages about the importance of plant-based food for the future Um, so that's kind of my personal favorite albeit maybe not the the biggest um, piece of work that we've done
1: um, thanks, Jim. Let's put the spotlight back on Kate then. Talk to us about Captain Birdseye. What an iconic brand figure that is.
2: Oh, it's, it's such an easy conversation to have. I think the Captain has been an absolute gift for us. Um and I I'm not sure if you saw that the grocer named Captain Birdseye the most iconic TV ad character last year. So We've had the privilege of of relaunching and moving away from the grandfatherly figure to a much younger model and it's had an incredible halo effect on the bird's eye master brand over the last few years and we've had fantastic permission and bravery from the marketing team at bird's eye to kind of really um get brave with this so we've had some fantastic fun campaigns like the captain's calendar for christmas which was a sellout and we launched an aftershave range called ahoy um, which featured on Have I Got News For You and BBC Breakfast, and we had it trending on Twitter um, and then more recently just in the last few months we've launched the captain on TikTok and people for the very first time are starting to see the captain um, from the neck down because um, he launched his new a sustainable range of swimwear called All Aboard Shorts so we've had way too much fun um, and they're just a few examples of the work we've done with the captain but there's there's lots of other work besides um, going on across the bird's eye portfolio which we're really proud of
1: I, I remember when you relaunched hot captain Bird I was <laughs> like that's genius it's like such a, such a clever idea um yeah captain bird's eye and swimwear whoever thought that was going to happen when we were all kids um <laughs> Kate circle recently published its power of earned media report which I've I've had a look through why did you do this study in the first place and, and what were you what were you looking for
2: Um, It was it's against the backdrop of financial difficulty that I think we're all we're all in at the moment. And we see and hear it everywhere. It's a very challenging time to to kind of work through and building trust and maintaining market share is becoming increasingly hard for brands when inflation is forcing prices up. um, And we're looking um, to consumers to make really much harder decisions, I guess, about how they spend the money they have. And and no question that that's had a really significant impact on their behaviour. So we launched the study to try and understand what consumers' motivations were, what they need from brands these days, and how earned media can play a big role in driving brand love for the long term. And we particularly focused on parents, um, and in the case of Birds Eye and many of our other clients, they're a really key target audience for us. So um, that's the audience that we did the deep dive on. And... Got some really interesting results um, some which are a real wake-up call I think for brands but um, the report showed that one in three of um, parents say that brands have lost their grip on day-to-day realities that families face and actually half um, don't feel that brands understand their financial difficulties at all so there's some real kind of disengagement from consumers with brands that um, aren't talking to them on the right level mm. um, but if we can harness those needs and understand them fully um, brands have a real opportunity to drive brand love for the long term.
1: Were you surprised by those find- You know the strength of those findings and, and views and feelings from consumers?
2: I think I'm surprised at how much it switched, I think, from the things that consumers look to brands for um, and found interesting to what they want these days. Um, I'm surprised at how high the figure is about brands that don't understand the financial realities of those consumers. Um, and Bird's Eye has been doing some really interesting work in that space to try and demonstrate their closeness to consumers and, and their understanding of what they're going through.
1: So tell me, tell me a bit about that. How are Birdseye uh, with Circle using the insights from your report to understand what consumers really want now um, from brands in, a, as you said, a huge cost of living crisis that shows no sign of abating?
2: I think I should probably hand over to the gym on that one because they've got some interesting insights work they're doing at, at their side internally to help get close to consumers on that one.
0: Yeah, sure. Um I think the um the report was was a great read. I, I was a little less surprised actually at the kind of strength of reaction from consumers because I think um in in recent years it's become more evident than than ever that consumers really see brands as institutions and I think there's a General and increasing level of cynicism and criticism of institutions uh, from consumers, and and how well they listen, empathise, and and meet their needs. And it, for me, it's it's kind of a a bit of a welcome shift actually, because it it's a bit like going back to the future with consumers' relationships with brands, where you know they need to earn their stripes by being of genuine utility and and usefulness uh, to consumers, rather than simply an idea. Uh, that exists in their mind um which obviously is at the heart of what being a brand is all about but it shouldn't be forgotten that we're here for a reason um and and that's to provide a service or a product that is is of gen- genuine use um so i kind of welcome that criticism and and yes we've been trying to respond i think to you know the quite dramatic shift um in the in the lives of our consumers in the in the way that we Organize our understanding of of them, but particularly around the cost of living uh, impact and you know so just to give an example the the data we collect now about shopper behavior and consumer behavior is organized by our understanding of the things that they will do more of and the things they'll do less of, and where um, we might see exits from our particular category. So frozen food and where actually we might see a benefit. So we much more closely track, for example, um, out of home consumption um, on the, the hypothesis that people will eat out less and, and actually eat more in the home. And we're from from that insight that we're gathering, um, we're refining propositions. So fake away, as an example, using a, um, our portfolio in pizza and in chicken shop. Uh, products you know we've really sharpened up the the communication of how that is a valuable offering um, when you put it relative to eating out of home Mm. Um, so yeah so I'd I'd say it's had the cost of living uh, crisis had quite a fundamental um, impact on the way we try and understand our consumers and and actually I think created a, a, a bigger interest in the wider organization because it's hurting businesses where it really hurts boardrooms and that's that's in in our sales and and our profit and the only answer to recovering those things is is with the consumer and understanding them better
1: so how how do you build brand love and and long-term brand loyalty in this environment where consumers are are trading down um to to own label maybe to make savings or refining their shop um to save money how, how do you actually kind of continue to build brand love in that kind of environment
0: mm. yeah well fortunately bird's eye is, is in a relatively strong position because you know if you think about a crisis like our how, how people are going through with the cost of living crisis the the winners that emerge are are yes the businesses that have got good economics and a strong balance sheet but it will be the brands uh, that are the strongest that emerge the winner and i think brands that have got a great baseline of um, trust um, reassurance um, are kind of starting from a good position and bird's eye is one of those brands it's a generational brand um so you know you couldn't trust a brand anymore that you yourself were fed as a child from your parents so um it's got a good a good starting point but there's a there's a few things that i guess we're we're doubling down on um one would be the superiority that we have and, and particularly the superiority in our products relative to own label um it's not a coincidence that a brand like bird's eyes emerged as a a big number one brand and state there um, because it comes down to you know the relative quality of its product compared to compared to others and we need to protect that and not be not not which um, at the circumstances and, and rip quality out to try and create a cheaper price for our shoppers um, so that would be one thing and that kind of leads me on to the other point we Are very very focused on not being cheap but offering great value um so a core part of our proposition uh, and that of the category actually of frozen food is yes it's really nutritious it's tasty it's convenient it's sustainable but it's affordable um particularly relevant uh, sorry uh, relative to other temperature states so we need to continue to understand how we create value that's valued from the shopper um and you know personally uh i i feel that's an obligation that i have um we're a number one brand um within a really important category to support families through the cost of living crisis so we are finding new and innovative ways to uh, make our brands accessible from a price point uh perspective um, Promotions that offer value beyond the price of the product itself. So, I mean, you can call them giveaways or prize draws or whatever you want to call them, but really focused on their context. So I think a nice example of this is for Asda shoppers, we we ran a promotion where with every purchase of every bird's eye product, you could redeem um, a, a family activity effectively. Because we know that one of the first things that gets sacrificed is quality time together as a family outside the home mm. um, uh, when when money's tight. So th- things like that are, are, are really key and offering, offering value um, beyond price as well as finding creative ways to make our price points accessible.
1: Uh, I guess... I'm just thinking aloud, but I guess there's a there's a thing around language here as well, isn't it? Because you don't want to be you don't want to wholesale change tone and brand personality, but you have to make it clear you're there to support your your consumers and families without being patronizing at the same time. How do you get the balance right between, you know, uh, you know, maybe can't be as as tongue in cheek as you might be if things uh, if times weren't quite so tight? How do you get the balance right there?
0: Yeah, well, it, it, it's difficult, actually, and it's, it's a topic that we quite constantly talk about um, because you're right. we are, So we can sit here as a brand and as a business um, and and preach for the benefits of not buying our own label um, f- and, uh, you know, choose the, the quality and the reassurance of, of bird's eye. But that can that can appear to be and would be actually in many cases a really blinkered naive approach because you know what for some families they don't have a choice they'd love to have the choice um between birds eye and know label but uh, the financial constraints um in, the, in their family means actually they don't have a choice so you've got to walk that line really really carefully mm. um and 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 sensitively um and <laughs> I mean the absolute worst thing we could do as a brand is make a mother feel guilty for feeding her children a lower quality product um and and that that's ultimately the risk so we need to be aware of that and and step through it and i think but but meanwhile try and do our jobs (laughs) to sell more to sell more bird's eye products so i'll give you an example of a line that i think sums it up quite nicely for me that we use which is you know bird's eye um uh, it, it, it are products that you know your family will like, rather than hope they will like, um, because the the risk of taking away a familiar and family favourite is that it gets left uneaten. Mm. Um, so, I, I think trying to choose sensitive language to to land the point that I guess commercially that we need to make to continue to have the brand be healthy is is something that's a constant line. But the most important thing is that you're aware of it.
1: Mm, Absolutely. Kate, did you want to add anything to to Jim's points about building um, brand love and loyalty in this kind of environment?
2: I I think Jim summarised it really, really well. It's been kind of the biggest the biggest focus for the business, doing things in the right way. And as Jim said, stepping through it um, and being careful about how we show up for consumers. Um, I think we are in a relatively Privileged position where we have already huge, you know, great legacy, generational brand, as as Jim said, and a lot of a brand love um, out there already. But we have to continually innovate with our products, but also the way that we're making the products accessible for consumers um, to continue that success. Mm. I think it's also worth saying as well. Obviously, there's, you know, the, all of these organisations have short term commercial goals, and that's one thing. And it's sort of balancing up the short term gains versus building brand loyalty for the long term as well, which is a much longer game, but the one where ultimately companies will really win.
1: Okay. And Kate, well, I'm going to stick with you here because like, we're, we're seeing plenty of evidence that over the years, advertising budgets are, are going down um, as yes. brands and organisations look at where they're going to get the most bang for their buck, because everybody is having a tough time, corporates down to individuals at the moment. Are, are you seeing the are you seeing the focus on earned media and spend on earned media and consideration for the for the power of earned media go up among uh, among your clients?
2: Uh, yes, we definitely uh, we definitely are. So yeah, of course, there's a trend for decreasing above the line spend across the board. I would say um, the more progressive brands and clients within our portfolio are investing more into earned media and social media. Um, and we run both for a number of those clients. I think they're becoming, inc- clients are becoming increasingly aware or at least have the appetite to understand more about earned media and what it, what it can deliver for consumers in terms of connection and brand loyalty. Um, but that's a journey that we, you know, continually going on with clients and their level of understanding and sophistication obviously vary wildly from client to client. Yeah. Um, and Birds Eye is a great example of where that's worked really well. Um, TV and i'm I'm sure jim will expand on this is continues to be a really important channel for bird's eye and they invest heavily in that area and it delivers really well for them but but where earned media can really really stand out is um is the flexibility um that it gives us to adapt to conversation and consumer needs in a way that um paid media can't because it's much more rigid um quite understandably in its execution
1: Mm. jim do you want to expand a little bit more on how you've kind of shifted your your marketing approach or the balance of your marketing uh, portfolio to focus on and and what, and what results are you seeing from kind of taking this new approach
0: yeah i mean the I mean, balance is exactly the right word um so uh, we moved from um uh, we talk about reach with relevance as our uh, communication strategy uh, where reach is um, uh, communication and, and media channel choices that just are purely very metric driven um so we uh, and T V being the obvious example of that. <clears throat> so we've moved from a model where we were 90 10 as a ratio between um pure reach channels and other uh, to 60 40. And we did that uh, in the last 12 months. Um and we're seeing some fantastic results. And it's for we, the reason we did it is for all the 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 reasons that 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 Kate mentioned. And I think just the one the one that I'll add to that actually is, you know, we we talked earlier around the the kind of cynicism and criticism that uh, Kate's uh, and Circle's report unearthed that's out there with with consumers towards brands well is that any surprise when you know many brands are just firing and hammering um kind of um kind of reach led communication um media towards them whereas actually you can walk the walk not just talk the talk as a brand. And I think that brings with it much more credibility. And earned media is your chance to show the world that you do what you say. Um, It's it's kind of that old adage, isn't it? Don't tell me you're funny, tell me a joke. Um, Earned media is the opportunity to prove yourself, your values in the real world uh, directly to consumers. You can prove that through listening uh, to them, Um, and engaging you know immediately uh, and in an engaging way to what to what you've heard Um, and you can prove it like i said by by walking the walk so you know don't just believe what i say on tv here's me actually doing it in the real world what do you think um and and start a two-way conversation with consumers that way
1: and I'm interested in this. Uh, we, we talk a lot about brands that that live in culture. I mean, and media can move in a much more kind of agile and swift way to make the most of cultural movements and create conversations and join conversations like no other marketing discipline can. How do how do you at Birdseye and and Kate, you at Circle, kind of stay informed about what's going on in culture, emerging issues, emerging trends?
2: I think, first and foremost, stories can start anywhere. Um, The media, obviously, they have social desks. They're pulling stories from social listening. SEO and search behavior drives coverage. Social media commentary travels far and wide now. And and we've really kind of adapted the way that we work as an agency and as a team to to deliver against that. So our team is now structured at Circle um, in a way which is run by our creative strategy director. Um, and we have a story first approach. So we think about the stories that we want to tell um, and then the channels that we want to use to tell it. And and that team is made up of earned, owned and SEO specialists who have a really deep understanding of the audiences we're trying to target. And they use those insights to find conversations, find stories, which we know are gonna resonate with consumers.
1: And Jim, what's the, what's the story at Birdseye around kind of staying really connected to what's going on in culture?
0: Well, obviously, working with um, agencies like Light Circle, who have kind of operationalized listening, <laughs> um, and uh, and and done that with with great, with a kind of like, like a forensic eye on on detail and opportunity assessment and the pace that you travel through listening, identifying a trend that could become part of culture and relevant to your brand. Yes or no? let let's go so that that kind of journey um is really impressively organised now and very very quick um and equally you can react quickly with the with the channels that we have available to us now the, the i'd add a couple of things one is just a personal belief which is for me the the bar for culture is what gets spoken about down the pub <laughs> um, so i i still want my teams um, to be connected into culture and form a point of view themselves. So I talked to them about marketeers having, you know, a very varied diet. You know, what's the diet of a marketeer? How are they absorbing culture in, in different ways? I think it's a danger if we just start to rely on tools that scrape conversations, aggregate them, codify them and turn them into a opportunity. There's still a an intuition and a touch and a feel that comes with um creating great marketing work is a belief of mine. And the bar for me would still be if as are you going to create something that would get talked about down the pub equally uh from from that insight. So there's an expectation of my marketing teams that they have their finger on the pulse and, and the zeitgeist. Um and they need to collect information from a variety of sources to to do that. Um the other thing that I think is key is um that a, a wide cross section of the business, you know, um, across the business and up and down the business have got a, cl- a closeness with consumers that helps big decisions be made. Um, because ultimately, if you're going to unearth a cultural insight that turns into a brand opportunity, that's big. there's There's an approval and a decision-making process that takes that into other parts of the business.
1: Mm.
0: And they'll need to understand it too and feel... A connection with it so we run a consumer closeness program that puts for example our executive board directly into the homes of consumers um you know an ethnographic kind of approach and spending time with consumers to really try and empathize with them uh, rather than just sympathize uh with them and i think that's important because you know like it or not there's there's a truth about many organizations where um the more senior you you are the further away you get from the consumer uh, in terms of the way you live your own life and I need to try and remove some of those biases and lack of diversity that exist that could prevent good decisions being made around how we support our consumers.
1: Mm, fantastic. So I, I love the way that the the, the big picture isn't, it's not, it's not something that can be solved by an algorithm, is it? That mm, but empathy, you know, Bird's Life's known for having humour as well as kind of deep consumer understanding, particularly mm. for the family audience. And, and and bringing that all together to to create a successful, engaging campaign means that it feels more human because you know it's human at its heart
2: as well, I guess.
0: Yeah, it's come from a human. Exactly. Yeah.
2: Building on Jim's point around I think internal stakeholder engagement is absolutely critical in this as well and where we're seeing the most success and birds eye kind of being the best example of that is the way that our clients are structuring themselves internally to be able to respond with a story first mentality and that means being set up to move at real pace in terms of approvals and making sure guardrails are in place and there's a real level of education and understanding on the client side about what uh, media is is trying to deliver um, and making sure that's all in place before we unearth these fantastic stories because once they come out we need to move very quickly.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, what's next for this partnership? Have you can you give us a little sneak peek of campaigns <laughs> you've got coming up,
2: Kate? Uh probably a few. I'll try not to get my my knuckles wrapped by Jim too much. Um <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean of course the captain's going to make more appearances this year. Um we've had some very big splashy exciting moments with him ever since the hot captain was revealed a few years ago. Um but they're relatively rare moments in the calendar, so we're looking at how we can find a role for him that he can play in the everyday, uh, and that's sort of a proposition that we're looking at with with Birds Eye at the moment. And I'm not sure if you want to reveal anything else, Jim. That's coming up. Uh,
0: I, I can, yeah, in the in the in in the near term. I mean, not not in any detail. I'm sure the the, the listeners won't thank me for go- <laughs> for spending half an hour talking about them, but um, we're absolutely. Got a moment that we're very focused on is relevant to the cost of living um kind of discussion that we had around um back to school so it it's a it's a particularly stressful time uh for for parents when like um organized chaos of summer holidays just turns into chaos um in in the home and being able to rely uh your reliance on super convenient food hacks um Uh, great value uh, and something the kids will will love and and fill their tummies as well actually after a a day at school is is right it's the epitome of 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 that moment so um, we've got some lovely plans around how we make that moment for parents a lot easier um, that Kate and Circle and the team are working on Um, we're also going to be focusing in the in the near term a lot around sustainability so you know, the story there is that 100% uh, of all of the fish that we buy um, is certified um, uh, by the Marine Council. Uh, that's not true um, for a lot of products that that you can buy. Um, and uh, we're proud that we make it easy for consumers to make a choice they want to make but don't always feel they can um, by choosing bird's eye, uh, bird's eye fish. So we want to tell that story in in an impactful way uh, in the, in the autumn time, because there is a, there is a fear that amongst other priorities, um, the, the importance of the ongoing importance of sustainability and practices kind of gets lost. So we we need to keep that ticking over as well.
1: Mm. There's a lot for brands to kind of take responsibility for and take on their shoulders these days, isn't there? Do you, do you, do you remain kind of hopeful and enthusiastic about the work you're doing as a brand?
0: Yes. Um, yeah you know, I, I say to my team all the time well, we do important work um we, we we feed families nutritious tasty affordable and sustainable food um our our purpose in the world is to feed feed uh well I'm t- sorry for for birds eye um is to feed the uk a little better every day um and and we genuinely genuinely connect with that ambition and uh, and mean it as well and you know, without sounding overly dramatic about it, I think the world and, uh, and and Britain need businesses like ours with that purpose now more than ever. Um, so we have to step up. Uh, it's, it, it's, it's important work. And it's the reason that I came to work here, to be completely frank with you, is to be able to make a difference, a positive difference in people's lives every day. Um, and I feel kind of fortunate and humbled to have the have the, the platform of the Birdseye brand to, to help us achieve that.
1: Fantastic. What a lovely way to sign off, Jim. Thank you so much. Kate, thank you both so much for joining me on the podcast today. I think we'll all be looking out for the next uh, hot captain campaigns from Birdseye. That <laughs> great proposal work you're doing as well. So thank you both so much. Thanks, Maya.
0: Thanks, Maya. You've been listening to The Provoke Podcast brought to you by provoked media and produced by the international broadcast specialist marketers